This is the Mining Your Own Business podcast brought to you by Elder Research. Each episode will bring in data and analytics gurus from around the world as they regale us with their data analytics stories and enlighten us with their secrets for how to turn data into actionable insights. Now, here's our host, Evan Wimpy, who will guide us as we dare to mine our own business. Hello, and welcome to the Mining Your Own Business podcast. I am your host, Evan Wimpy, and today I'm very excited to introduce Gulrez Khan to the show. Gulrez is a data science lead at PayPal. He's previously been at Microsoft, and he is also the author of a very interesting book, Drawing Data with Kids, which we will certainly get into in today's chat. Gulrez, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's totally a pleasure of mine. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Gulrez, to get started, can you just give us a little bit about your background into data science and into the role that you're in now? Yeah. So when I give the intro, like uh, usually people talk about the professional stuff, but I think uh, it's more of uh, we are more than our title. So I I see like uh, I start my intro is like I'm a father of three beautiful kids and I love spending time with them. Uh, I've been very fortunate to be blessed with uh, like lots of good people that I've met in my life who impacted uh, in some way or form so that uh, I'm in this place right now. Uh, for my job, I work as a data science leader at PayPal. I've been with PayPal for around four years now. I work in the developer productivity group at PayPal right now. And I also founded uh, this uh, data science community at PayPal. So we are doing several talks with all these AI explosion going on, like uh, how do we keep up with that and uh, learn from each other. So that's uh, something that I'm doing as well. And you mentioned about the book. So I'm very pumped up <laughs> with the uh, book that I wrote recently, Drawing Data with Kids. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, about me. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough I work for a consultancy that is all data and analytics. So everybody I work with here is data science, data analytics. But a lot of folks listening on the call probably don't have many close data science peers or they're spread across a company or they don't get to work together so often. So I, it's it's really interesting the the sort of group or organization that you that you started or joined up at at PayPal. Can you can you talk about maybe the impetus for that and sort of what your your goals are? Yeah. So data science um, is still new. Like when I talk about different disciplines, when I started my career, data science was not a discipline. So I was working with data, still doing the same sort of thing, like doing some kind of analysis, natural language processing, but my title was not that. Now, data science, when it came and my manager, she said, what you're doing looks similar to this new discipline. Do you want to have this new title? And I said, scientist, that sounds cool. So maybe, <laughs> and let's go with that. So so that's how like my discipline changed to data scientist. And now like uh, having worked in various uh, teams in Microsoft and PayPal, what I've seen is like not everyone understands data science, right? So like you mentioned about the audience and other people, even there is a big gap uh, in the business world and the data science community, right? So Certainly. the business team, they don't know how to leverage the data scientists. 
and the data science team like they are not in those like they lack the domain knowledge uh, like uh, most of us right so my strategy has been to like create some sparks right so when i go when i join a team i try to identify some kind of a low hanging fruit right so often with my background in natural language processing it comes in the form of customer feedback or some kind of a text right so any text that you can come up like you would say okay what's going on there and uh, uh, customer feedback like that's an amazing thing you go to any company you grab the customer feedback run the same scripts that you've been running for the last 5 years and voila right so you would see that uh, there are results and people listening and when you create those parts right so when you have done some kind of let's say part of speech tagging or things like uh, that uh, with and topic modeling or what not you show that to the business and i always like whenever i show that to the business i tell them think of this as a spark this is not the final solution what i want you to look into it is from your domain knowledge what are other places where we can apply this technique and come up with those outcomes so that's been my strategy and that that works well right so even like let's say if i don't have any uh, data for the specific team that i'm working for uh, i'll go and pull some public data sets right so uh, in the conference where uh, we were together uh, in the ml week in vegas right so one of uh, the demo which i gave was pulling data from the seattle.gov website for the parking violation tickets right so now like this is the public data set and i go and then there is a human like i'm talking about hey how my wife was uh, uh, giving me a hard time that hey you get so many parking violation tickets and i pull that and i'll see the story now change that use the same thing uh, same thing and a different data set this time the data set would be for the place where you are working right and uh, what are the different places where the instead of parking violation tickets this is where your users are having a bad experience those would be big red dots and then you can analyze so kind of creating some kind of a sparks is what i go for yeah i i i love that i'm jotting this down think of it like a spark and even using that term with sort of your business stakeholders um and i think some of the folks probably listening to this you know you your background, Kores, at, at PayPal and Microsoft, we hear those terms, we hear those teams, those organizations, and think that those are the the tech savvy companies, those are the you know the the digital natives. So surely data science is just flowing through their veins, and everybody is is on board, ready to implement. Whereas you know maybe the logistics company, the supply company, the retailer, maybe it's harder or at least the perception is that it's harder to to generate that spark or to get folks excited. So I, I think it it really is encouraging maybe to hear even a place like PayPal, like you're, you're being very deliberate about making this spark. It's not, the spark isn't always there and just ready to, to consume whatever data science you're doing. Yes, yes. So we, we, we often talk about the maturity of the organization, right? So when we say, okay, it, it, is this company does this company have a good maturity model like are they good at, uh, in terms of uh, getting the data and then working with the data science team 
not all organizations are same right most most of the teams which i have been part of i've been writing my own job description so which that but what it means is like uh, the business leaders they know like uh, there is value out of it but uh, or maybe they hired me for a different reason right but here in this particular org where i'm working right now they hired me uh, thinking that they do a lot of data engineering work and you have got some data background so reorg happened so i said okay all right uh, reorg happened it happens all the time and you look into okay what is the strategy of the business like what are those what is it that they want to do and at the same time i'll have a pet project which i will bring in and i say okay you know what we can do these kind of things uh, with the data set that we have and again spark right so now what happened after that is they table down the thing that uh, they were thinking to do with me and the team now this becomes your main project because they don't know what they don't know sure so that's where you bring in and again like storytelling is very important like uh, often as a data scientist we often focus on creating those models and then okay you get the request from the business stakeholders get me data from this uh, data set right you can write your select query send the data to there but you can change the narrative as you go up the ladder in the in the data science uh, for any team right so you try to change the narrative right so you become a change agent not just do what has been asked to you but understand the business and say that hey you know what there is another way we can do it and then maybe we should change the strategy from this to that if you are able to do that that means like uh, you're doing a good job yeah that's that's a very powerful thing yeah it's that that that's a much more more attractive power than just whatever how many gigs of ram you can throw at some deep learning model uh the term that you use there data storytelling i feel like has become more popular but maybe is sort of still in that sort of nice idea that's not well fleshed out by a lot of folks and and go you mentioned also the machine learning week conference uh early, earlier this year where we met and i saw you talk about talk about data storytelling through stories can you can you give maybe just sort of a an approach for somebody who's interested in that said yes I, my, you know, this is too bland the way i talk about this like what are good principles how how should folks be thinking about data storytelling yeah so i've got a few principles that i apply in terms of data storytelling and uh, when, often like when we do these kind of analysis or this kind of work we say okay you've got different steps uh, to a data science project right so you start with the uh, problem formulation uh, what is the question being asked right so that's uh, the number one thing then the second thing is getting access to the data the third thing is ex data exploration fourth is if you're creating the models that's where you would do that and the fifth one is the communication right so when you when we think of the time that we spend on these uh, different pillars you would see that the last pillar doesn't get enough love right just 5 minute before the presentation we will dump everything that we have done into a deck and that's where we ping we say okay i'm not a, a marketing person my job was to create these beautiful structures we got all this data i've done this fancy llm model and then we can use a network i'm happy about that now you'll leave it for the business stakeholders business stakeholders they were don't understand 
the models. They will not appreciate if you increase the accuracy of the model by 0.2 or 0.5. What does that mean? That's where like you have to wear the shoes and uh, often I start with um, stories. The stories like uh, so gather the attention of the audience. I've got three kids and uh, every time I talk about a story, right? So um, the routine that I have is like uh, evening, I go for my evening prayer, prayer to the mouth, I come back and my kids and asleep in he is on the bed and he said, uh, Abu, tell me a story. Tell me a story of uh, your childhood. And if I don't tell it, then he'll not sleep. So I spent five minutes <laughs> with them telling some story and uh, it works with the adults as well. So if you see like the number of meetings that we have been, right? So, and we keep talking about, okay, what is the p-value? What was those experimentation results? And this person has already attended so many meetings, so many jargons in their head. Now you are another person adding to that. So you go and when you talk about, hey, you know what happened to my cat last night? When you start with that, then they'll start showing, uh, paying attention because this is different. They can relate to that in their daily life. So I start with some kind of uh, story to gather the attention of the audience. Then there are principles that I use, which would be like, for example, if you look into these uh, tools that we have right now, you've got Tableau and then Power BI, Click. It's very easy to drag drop and uh, create a visualization. Some people say that uh, we have this uh, term called data vomit, right? So you have so <laughs> much data and with different colors and everything you put there. But again, like when you put that in front of uh, your audience, like there's so much cognitive load on them. Right? And then they have got this magical device called cell phone, right? So much distraction. I, I know like I was uh, giving such a good presentation in the conference and you were looking at your phone. <laughs> so so it's hard to gather the, the attention of the audience, right? So that's where we need more of uh, uh, those stories and then use colors, use text, animation. And when you do combine all of that, like that's where like it becomes a powerful story. But again, like that's just the start. Don't like uh, think that you are done. That's the start. And you have uh, planted the seed now. People understand the pain of the users and uh, how you are communicating. Now do that again and again and again in different for forums. Like in the creative space, we often talk about reusing our content, right? So you created a story, you gave a presentation, write a blog about it, and then maybe create a video and then do this PR stuff, not only on LinkedIn, do it inside your company and see what happens. Yeah, I I think that's great that the principles really stand. And I think we've all probably can think back to memories of a presentation of, of data vomit and how if it would have been wrapped in a nice story, how much more appealing it would have been. Gores is a it is is a data science lead, you know, I we, we see job descriptive descriptions, job postings. I don't remember seeing data storytelling on a, on a job description. Maybe it's out there. Maybe, maybe there's some jobs that, that have that now, but is that something that you, you can try to hire for? Is that something that you try to identify in candidates as you, as you build your team out? Is it, you know, I need three years of Python and I need, 
you know, two years of, of data storytelling. Yeah, so it would be like uh, two years of storytelling or something, but uh, when you interview someone, right? So that's where you would uh, see where this person would fit in, right? So for to give an example, when I was in Microsoft and we were interviewing this uh, lady for a data science position, right? So uh, our, like the hiring manager gave us instruction that, hey, you focus on stats, you focus on uh, the programming skills, and you focus on something else. And um, while we were interviewing, there was one characteristic that came out, uh, which everyone observed. That was like uh, her presentation skills, like how cool she was uh, when she was uh, talking about the uh, her prior project, right? And what you do is, as an interviewer, you think, okay, we do this monthly project review with the VP. And uh, when our data scientists go over there, they stumble, they are afraid, they are, it's very hard for them to communicate. And if this uh, person comes in, she will shine back because uh, she is, she has that personality. She, she didn't do a good job in uh, writing query or something, maybe not as much as that we would have liked, but then we were able to fit, him, fit her in in our imagination in that conference room and she was hired. So that's the power of uh, communication, storytelling. And uh, then like uh, you also see outside of now what we see is you have people who have uh, created a brand outside their work. So often I get like, even at PayPal when I was hired, like it was like uh, people knew me before they uh, they hired me, right? And uh, that's when like uh, the, the interviews become different. Now you are interviewing the team members rather than the other way around. So I think uh, being social and talking about things that, that can be very useful. Awesome. Yeah, I, th I think it's great. And I think it's great to hear coming from you and your perspective. It, it, it's maybe easy for me to think like that at a consulting firm. We explicitly have clients that we need to be able to deliver results to. But it, it's no different for an internal data science team who has some stakeholder, you're trying to influence some decision, you have to be able to communicate that in in, in a positive way. Um, now, Gurez, I you mentioned some of your work outside of PayPal. Mm -hmm. I, I do want to be able to talk about your book. So maybe can you take a minute and just tell us sort of the motivation behind the book and sort of who, who the book is for? Yeah. So like someone said uh, that if you are looking for a book and you don't find it, write that book. So that's where like I started. And uh, again, like there is a story uh, for that. So when COVID happened, uh, our work life and our home life, it's kind of merged together. Right now, my kids are out for their swimming class, so you're not hearing them. But <laughs> otherwise, they keep running around. And one fine day, I was creating this uh, tree graph or something. And that was again like uh, me playing uh, uh, with the open data set. That was the Reddit data which I was playing around. And the tree graph uh, is uh, something like this: that he there is a node over here, and then you will have the questions like what, where, how, when, and then you've got another uh, node which comes out, which will have different questions: what is Reddit, what is uh, stablecoin, and what all, what is data visualization, all those different things. So you see like the tree graph. I was creating that and he comes uh, back on the backside and then like uh, watching my screen 
and he says, Abu, the Abu is like, Dad, Abu, this looks like a mosque. And I was, I, I, was, I was just focusing, I was thinking maybe he has a Lego thing in his hand and he's create, he has created something which he's trying to show. And I looked to behind and I said, what? And he pointed towards my screen. And I said, mosque, how is it a mosque? And then I tilted my head and then I saw that, hey, yes, it does look like a mosque. And that was a refreshing thing. Because for us, like uh, as a data people or uh, the tech people, we are used to these charts and other things. But like this was a four-year-old looking into it and with a different imagination. And I really enjoyed like uh, what he was chewing. And that's where like uh, I used to do these uh, exercises like uh, drawing with my kids. So this will be like we just sit together and draw anything. Right? So my kids, they will bring colors and then they they like me spending time with them. And I see like, oh, there's so much value which uh, I get. So they bring paper. I'm not teaching them. I'm just having a good time. I love drawing and then I'm doing certain things. And uh, so I changed that. I said, okay, what if uh, we draw some data visualization? And that's where like I started doing those things. And I started sharing those things uh, on my office Slack channel and on LinkedIn. And then a lot of people were interested and few people reached out. Uh, Do you want, can you teach us uh, our kids? I did few workshops and uh, then like I synthesized that into a book. And that's how like drawing data with kids is out there. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. I, we've mentioned we've met together at the conference. I've got young kids as well. We are, uh, my, or my oldest is eight. We're three chapters into the book so far, but it has sparked some really fun conversations here. Um, and it has actually sparked me to uh, working at home as well to he's out on summer break to call him in and, and show some not non-proprietary data. Uh, don't worry clients. Uh, but, but the visualizations, you know, we, 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 we practice some from the book and then I show, look, this is, this is how, uh, how is it daddy's work? Um, which, which is just, is just been great. And I, you know, would certainly advocate for, for folks of elementary, middle school age kids. Um, you know, the book is great. I also, I'm thinking back to, uh, there's a book called Bayesian statistics for babies. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge, there's, I think there's probably a lot of something, something for babies books, but this is the one that I have found super useful. And if it weren't for the title sounding so demeaning, like I want to get this for clients when we like teach an intro to Bayesian statistics, I think it's so good. I found just the first few chapters of your book seem like it is drawing data with kids, but is there, is, is this a useful book for an adult who wants to learn more about data visualization or, or be able to interpret data visualizations better? Yeah. So thank you for your kind words. Uh, what I've heard from my audience is like, uh, they said, the, and this is like parents, right? So when they are teaching it to their kids, like some of them reached out and they said, hey, you know what? I know like you've created this for the kids, but uh, you are helping even the parents learn. So you have, there is a big audience out there who get intimidated when they see some charts, some data. And in this world of AI, when everyone is talking about AI, they feel left out. And they are saying that, hey, we are learning with that as well. So 
So that that's uh, motivating. And uh, I know like in the conference when we were doing the book signing, uh, someone reached out and they said like, this is like a data for dummies, uh, which is written in the form for kids. So it, 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 this is encouraging. I know like uh, there are a lot of people who need data literacy and uh, it's good that I'm able to play some part in that. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. You can pretend you have kids even if you don't and just boost up your, your data literacy here. Uh, fantastic. Guruz, I, I, I do want to ask you one more question. You're the data science lead at PayPal. PayPal does a whole lot in payment processing, a lot of things that I probably don't even know about. You've been there for, I, I think, about four years now. Four years. Yeah. Uh, this is a question I like to ask everybody. If you can just exercise all of the creativity that you want, you've got all the data science and engineering resources handed to you, and it's school res, it's your show. Whatever you want to work on, you've got full buy-in from everybody who needs to. What, what kind of problem would you want to tackle? Where would you point your efforts? So you mean at PayPal? At PayPal, yeah. Or, or otherwise, you say, PayPal, thanks. Uh, we're going to point our efforts somewhere else, which, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think there is a lot of uh, value out there in the customer data, right? So the feedback, right? So you look into the feedback and there are a lot of underserved population, right? And that feedback data doesn't have to come with uh, within the system, but even from outside, right? So let's say like you go and you look into the social media data, uh, Twitter and Facebook, whatnot, right? Uh, that's where like you can understand like what's the population who are impacted, who are not getting loans, right? So what are their sentiments? How can you help them? So ideally, like if I have the resources, I would go into this data for good thing like that's where my heart is and see like how we can uh, help these underserved population and see how we can be of benefit to them because data is very powerful and uh, with uh, with a good heart you can make changes wow that's great that's uh that's a very powerful answer Gores. thank you so much for that and thank you so much for joining us on the show today We'll make sure to link to your book in the show notes, wherever you're watching this, you can you can click down and, and see Golrez's book there. Our guest today, Golrez Khan, data science lead at PayPal and author of Drawing Data with Kids. Golrez, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you.